You're listening to WrestlingTradingCards.com. going to be doing uh covering the 85 wwf top set uh anybody have an, some initial th thoughts about this set nothing <laughs> well you mean in terms of like, like if it's when did, when did, you, when did you first discover it when did you first discover it well I, uh, I i discovered in 85 that's my first that i i ever collected with 85 tops yeah no i bought a couple packs in 85 and uh like i uh have said you know, in other interviews, um, in 1985, Dwight Gooden was all the rage. So, you know, if you're a young guy like me that had limited means, you bought a few WWF packs, but most of the money was going towards baseball. So, but I, I mean, the, the, everybody sort of knew at the time that Hogan had a card, but I honestly don't think it was very heavily collected. No, a matter of fact, I've, at one point in time, that uh, 85 tops uh, ended up being, uh, 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 they call it a um, blowout. So they have a, it's called dump product. So when you find boxes with a black mark across, it's like that. That was signified by the distributor that it was, uh, it was dumped. So he did that with Star Wars products. All those releases from Star Wars, most of the stuff from the 70s and 80s ended up getting dumped at some point in time. So it's very hard to find a box that doesn't have a black mark across it. Yeah, and I was totally into my sports cards, you know, the, you know, popular sports, baseball, football, basketball, until the early 90s when all the different sets started coming out, and I was a completist, and once I, all the different inserts came out, I just kind of gave up, and that was also when I got into college, and cards weren't that big a deal, and then I discovered eBay in 1999, and then that was all over for me is when I started going into wrestling cards. I think eBay kind of ruined all of us, hasn't it? <laughs> that respect. But it's been good too. We find some good stuff. Well, I think eBay changed the game. I mean, sure like Rob's talking about, I mean, uh, it, it took trading cards from a regional issue to a national. And, you know, I think the other thing that eBay did is it made all of us that are collectors at least have the ability to sell our, you know, like if you want to sell something on eBay and you have good reputation, you can actually get a fair price. You know, back in 1985, when you bought cards, if, if you got, you know, something you liked or didn't like and wanted to trade with the dealer, they're giving you 50 cents if you're lucky on the dollar. You're lucky. If you're lucky. In a lot of places, uh, I used to set up at a place called Frankenstein Collectible Show in California. Yeah. And uh, most guys there, you know, if Beckett's a uh, hundred bucks, they're selling it for, you know, 50, and they'll buy it off you for 20. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's always been, but yeah, uh, eBay has been great. I mean, I've gotten some great deals off of there and I, I built my reputation up uh, on my Velocards brand for a long time. So when I had like 20, 25,000 feedback, you know, people understood that, you know, I was reputable and I, I would get top dollar for stuff. Like how am I getting, you know, this when everybody else is getting this. I'd, I'd literally buy things off of eBay and then resell it on eBay. Yeah, and it's a total game changer because, you know, I was collecting way back when, even as a kid in junior high where, you know, you're going down a list 
to buy a card, you know, a Willie Mays in very good condition and paying $5 and just shipping it to, you know, to the dealer in the mail and getting your card back. But once eBay came and you saw the pictures and then you were just exposed to so many things that you didn't even know existed. That's how my collection grew. I mean, I, I found so many international cards that I didn't even know about it. At one point in time, when we uh, started WTC, we thought, oh, we got everything. We got it all. It's all done. <laughs> then, of course, I, I stumble across your guys' website, the, uh, the, the Vintage Archives. And I go, holy shit, we don't have anywhere near what we thought we had. <laughs> and then I have to track things down. And then eBay really helped out with that. That, and at the time, I was using uh, Yahoo Auctions, too. Well, hey, let, let me make a clarification. That's not our website. That's that guy Steve's. Well, I, I supplied a lot of the content to Steve, but Steve Timkey really is the creator of that. Yeah. And I'm not even quite sure, but he might have started that off me sending a Word doc to him. It looks like a Word doc. And to be quite yeah. honest with you, when I, when I was looking for information about wrestling cards, about my own collection, there was nothing else on the internet other than vintage archives. And I thought, wow, this is so hard for me to read because it looks like someone took a Word document and just listed everything in order like that. But it'd be nice to have a checklist page for everything. And that's why I started WTC for that purpose alone. Uh, and then we started tackling more of the modern stuff because you helped him, a I think, Rob, a lot with all the, the, the vintage stuff, a lot of the older stuff sets. And yeah. that's what it was really all about. And when I started WTC, it was right around when, uh, you know, I think Fleer was really into the game at that time. So I had a good relationship with Fleer and they give me all the information I needed. And I go, okay. And then I think Steve just goes, okay, well, you two go ahead and take care of the modern stuff. I'll just keep the running stuff going here. Yeah, they definitely complemented each other. Mm-hmm you know, for a nice comprehensive checklist for wrestling cards. And when I say Word doc, that came off a word processor, not even a computer. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. So there's people already talking about how people like wish they would fire. So people at Tops would fire those who make WWE cards right now. <laughs> um, so we're talking about 85 Tops like that. Um, when did you guys first make your first sets? I mean, when, did you just buy packs and then build your set? Did you buy a set? Did you build a whole set by just buying packs? How did you guys complete your sets? Uh, I'll start. Hey, um, so years ago, I bought sets on eBay, right? Nothing major. But um, with probably about three years ago, I was really fortunate to um, sort of pivot to the, the set because um, – you know, it's clear that I'm really into the wrestling all-stars and, you know, I get it that, you know, some people like the 82 Hogan, some people like the 85. I'm, I'm more into like trying to own them all. Yep. And so, so what had happened is, is that a lot of people had for years kind of just put the 85 top set to the side and didn't really um, spend a lot of time on it. And, and I, I'm, I was very fortunate because I bought a PSA 10 Hogan um, and then I bought a rack box and busted that and had some good results. And so, you know, I think that a lot of people don't understand, you know, just like the 85 tops baseball, when let's say you take a look at a Roger Clemens or a Dwight Gooden, where a lot of them are very heavily off centered um, that 85 tops wrestling is very, very tough. And so, you know, I've built some sets, uh, not taking the graded card concept to the same level. I mean, I have 
the Hogan's and some stickers and, you know, some of the cards. But I'll tell you what, you know, if you if you look at the 66 card set, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of some of the action shots. I'm more into base cards, you sure. know, just in, in, in reality. But boy, I'll tell you what, so many of them are 90-10 centering. So it's pretty fascinating. And in recent years, you know, you've seen a huge uh, climb in graded card prices because people are quickly figuring out how tough this set is. Yeah, because Tops are notorious for their printing back then anyways of how bad it was. I mean, it was just really bad. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that their wrestling would be the same. I mean, also the 80s, even in the early 90s, it was still pretty bad. Uh, how about you, Rob? Collecting yeah, at 85. So I just ended up getting a raw set, and I would say totally, you know, from my perspective, I'm pretty eclectic, and I like the rare, rare stuff, the, the vintage cards. And when I looked at the 85, I would say, you know what? That's plentiful. I could go pick it up anytime that I want. You know, it's not that expensive, but man, I, I was dead wrong because <laughs> now to go back and, and get some of that high grade stuff, you know, it, it's going to cost money. And even I would say up until about six months ago, you could jump into the game and, you know, and, and get the cards. And I'm with Dave. I really like the base cards. Those first 22 cards are. Yeah, they're pretty nice. The ones to get, in my opinion. In addition to the stickers, the 23 through 66, they really don't hold much interest with me. Yeah, you cards know, one, through, one through 21 are, are the regular cards. And then okay, 20, one through 21 then. Yeah, 22 through 66 or uh, 56 are called uh, ringside action. And then you have the superstar speaks from uh, 57 through 66. Yeah, so those base cards, those early cards in that set are definitely the ones to get. Oh, they're awesome. I mean, there's some great shots in there like that. I mean, that uh, just, you start off strong with that Hogan car. looks beautiful. But I always wonder, where was Andre the Giant? In that isn't, that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it, it's, it's not only in the sticker set, right? Well, he's yeah. in the stickers, and he, he's in some of the action where, you know, Giants in action and pile up and... Yeah, he's Maybe not. He, he doesn't even have a featured card. Those first twenty-one cards, man, it's crazy. That's a huge miss by Tops. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? I didn't really notice that until I think you posted something about that. I think you mentioned that, so yeah. And I just go, yeah, I didn't even notice that till now. Yeah, if it's Andre, I, I want to get it. And so, noticing that he doesn't have a base card, you know, is really obvious. So a lot of guys oh, get that. They get that number. Uh, that number twenty-one sticker graded a lot too. Cause that's that's Andre's card. Is the number one. 21 sticker you know the thing about the the set like it, if you look back to 1985 i mean andre was still playing a pivotal role yeah in wwf so it's it's kind of like bizarre that he's not featured in a base card i mean and, and the thing is like you know if you think about how like let's say they had put out three sets in a row and okay we want to share the spotlight with other people in theory. Okay, maybe. But, you know, like Chief J Strongbow, just for example, was, you know, he played a big role in WWF, but to think that you put him in there over Andre, um, I mean, there's a bunch of them where you just sort of question, like, how did that person get their own car? 
and then you pivot to the the sticker set and obviously andre's in there and you know it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. it's almost like someone oh shit we forgot about andre let's put him in the stickers <laughs> <laughs> how do you miss andre the giant exactly how do you miss that guy uh so the, the original uh product came out it was uh, 36 packs per box nine cards per pack plus one sticker per pack uh and of course you know uh, and then you had uh, also rack packs did you guys buy stuff from actual hobby boxes did you get stuff from rack packs i mean did you buy from both david well well i can probably speak to this a little better than rob because um as a kid i bought some you know hobby packs or wax packs right and and not a lot i mean i'm guessing less than 10 like because I don't want to overplay that I'm for modest means, but I'm just telling you, 1985, when I was six years old, you know, <laughs> spending a lot of money on uh, wrestling cards versus the baseball was just not in the cards. Yeah. You were. <laughs> but now, but, but so um, I opened uh, an entire rack box and I'll tell you something. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they look at people that grade cards and then they go, oh, they're just in it for the money. Um, and you know, listen, I mean, anybody that's consistently buying cards or trying to grade cards, I mean, generally speaking is hoping to have a positive economic out, you know, yeah, put, it, right? it, it, like, it's, a, it's a stock. You're basically buying a stock. Yeah. That's just the way I view it. Whether you want to sit on it and watch it mature or you want to flip it quickly, it's still a stock. It's, it's, it's something that has value, right? Correct. But, but I will say this, um, when I opened the rack box, it was one of the most fun things that I've done in recent memory because um, one, it was, and I, I you know, the, the coalition of uh, Hogan's, I, I can't begin to speculate what it normally is. Um, I have opened, for example, like the 86 Monty, which has the worst coalition of anything <laughs> I've ever touched, where I literally got 23 and 22 of the same pack out of 50, I mean, it was insane. Like I finally got so pissed, I almost wanted to stop opening them. <laughs> but no, I got 13 Hogan number ones out of a rack box. That's awesome. And, oh, I tell you what. Well, now you, now you look at it now, it's awesome. But you know, back then you go like, hey, this coalition is, is, is shit because that's, that's, another, that's another trademark of tops back in the day too. In addition to having uncut, you know, uncentered images, but their coalition was horrible. Well, this was only like maybe two and a half, three years ago. So I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, I got, I got a shit ton of the Hogan one and, and Roddy Piper. Those are the two cards that I was looking for, for whatever reason, I didn't get, um, very many of the Hogan number 16, the blue one, but, um, I got real fortunate that I had pretty solid centering. And I'll tell you something though. I think a lot of people don't realize, uh, like the stickers, for example, they are so tough and high grade, even out of the rack packs because they're in different cells, which is cool, but you have print dots all over them. You've got centering issues. Um, then you're gonna so, have packaging issues too when they put them in those actual whack packs like that, they end up getting damaged a lot of times. Correct, that's exactly right. And then you also have sometimes, and I don't know the right technical term, where the, it bleeds through the back or you can see all yep. the lines from the sticker. You don't send those in for grading because I mean you you know it's it's got like this highlighted issue on the back so I mean you're basically toast so I just think that if if I had to 
say to anybody that wants to get nice cards, I would say rack packs are your best bet. That's kind of generally speaking across the board because you don't have gum issues yep. and you don't have wax stains, but it's a, it's a crapshoot. You know, I, I was telling Rob before we got on this call, you know, I busted that rack box. I was super thrilled with the results. Uh, probably six, eight months ago, I bought seven racks and legitimately I had one card out of all seven racks that I could get graded. I have that wow. at PSA now. I mean, it's, it's not a, a monster card. It's the Jimmy Snuka off Andre's shoulders ready to fly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully it does okay. But I mean, that the thing about these is the reason that the graded stuff just keeps going up is because even though, as Rob touched on earlier, and this was my belief system too, that the, the cards are easy to find, they're not easy to find in high grade. Nope, you're right. Uh, touching back on the uh, Hogan 1 and number 16, someone had asked about what was the story behind the two Hogan cards for 1 and 16, uh, the yellow background versus the blue background. You heard that once uh, that the blue background was rarer. Is that, do you guys know anything about that? I, I don't believe that's the case. I could be wrong. I don't have any inside information to make that, you know, fact, but they, they seem um, relatively the same to me. I don't know what Dave thinks about that. Well, my, my comment would just be that um, in the box I open, the yellow was more plentiful, but I just don't know that, it, like Rob said, I, I don't have any real data to go on to, to sort of say like that's factual. Well, I mean, no. you've opened enough product. Have you come across that yourself that, hey, I've, I'm pulling a lot less number 16s than I am ones? I only opened the one rack box. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, and, you know, this is what's interesting about the 85 tops is there's been this huge um, movement in just sort of trading cards in general to keep stuff sealed, right? So um, Rob and I are very vocal on message boards and so forth and you know and and trying to advance wrestling cards well they're in the sort of overall trading card game a lot of people as i said keep stuff sealed and so what's happened this 85 tops oh my goodness you get a and and the the xl boxes that you referenced earlier are probably worth a little less mm -hmm. but boy you find a, a a baseball card exchange wrap box they're going for like 1500 all yeah. of a sudden okay now um i can tell you this right now i remember when they were 125 and i thought yeah maybe i'll just kind of hold off <laughs> then they were 300 i thought that's too expensive well now they're 1500 so yeah that's and, and that's i really screwed up too because you know i joined ebay and if there's wrestling cards 85 tops was always there and, you know, I'm going back and buying all my vintage stuff and even seeing the wrestling all-stars and saying, oh, those are cool. Like, I could jump into this 85 game anytime I want, <laughs> you know, and, and putting it off, putting it off. And then now, as Dave was saying, it was 100, 300. It keeps climbing. And 20 years later, you're like, damn it, I fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when do I get into the game? And, and to be honest and knowing that there's, two-thirds of the set that I really don't have a passion for. Sure. But, but no, knowing that I, I, I really want those base cards. So one of my projects that I'm doing right now is I want each of the base cards signed. And I thought that that would be something that's a little different because 
you know, someone could go in there and just scoop up a whole set, but how many people could have a Moondog spot and a JYD and yeah. a Big John stud and have those signs? Those got to be super rare, super rare. They're out there though, because yeah. 85 tops at one time was plentiful and they were signed. They're, they're, you're right, they were everywhere. And I still think they're, they're kind of easy to find. They're just expensive now. <laughs> right, and so I've kind of held off. And some of the things that I've been doing though is trying to get really high grade autographs. So not just get, you know, a, a card that's been beat up and then signed and, you know, go and slab that with PSA. But, you know, for example, I had shared with Dave a few months ago, I picked up this Iron Sheik that's 50-50 centering side to side, top to bottom. It's beautiful. He signed it. That was from American Icons. It's oh, I, I've, I've worked with Sean Jacoby very much. <laughs> yes, and I think what he had done was he busted that wax himself, got that signed. You know it's legit. A lot of, uh, a lot of cards that American Icon got, they, they, Sean bought them for me. <laughs> a lot of singles. Well, I might have your iron. <laughs> so. I doubt that. No, I would never give him that kind of stuff. Like he'd he'd buy more of the stuff because he would do a lot of private signings. Like the leaf stuff that's come out over the years, you know, I I sit with Barry and Bill Demolition. We'd we'd sign all those stuff. I sat with Chris Jericho. We sign all those. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? We got iron sheet. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Jabroni? What's up, guys? <laughs> Look at you guys all pulling out your uh, cards here, Slap. So, um. So we kind of know that, you know, the, the later set, the 20, card 22 and up, guys really don't care about. I think most people kind of think about that. I do like those Andres, though. I, sure. I, since he didn't have a base card, I, I jump on those Andre action shots. That's what, sure. what, what would you guys say is your favorite card then in the set? You know, personally, not just from value, but personally from that, your, your favorite card from the set. David? <laughs> I know what he's saying. Um, you know, I mean, it has to be Hogan number one because um, – Honestly, what got me to get into wrestling cards other than Brock Lesnar was Hogan number one. Because I, um, when I started in 2009 searching for Brock Lesnar cards, I said, doesn't Hulk Hogan, you know, he had a card when I was a kid. And uh, that's how I found the wrestling all-stars. But I also think, you know, like um, people today can sort of diminish how big Hulk was. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to sort of pretend that uh, Hulk wasn't the biggest star, but as a uh, six-year-old in first grade, um, I had Hulk Hogan folders. Uh, I had Hulk Hogan, the uh, LJN figures. I had the, uh, like uh, a book, uh, what do they call it, a bookmarker. I had Hulk Hogan underoos and... Uh, you know what? I probably did the more. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I, but I, I just, I'm telling you like people, you know, he was a superhero. So it's the Babe um, Ruth of wrestling. He really is. And so that, I think that the 85 tops Hogan, what's really special about that card is, you know, it symbolizes basically when wrestling changed, um, you know, everybody can, say that they like this better, they like that better. But whether anybody likes it or not, Vince McMahon in 1985 changed the world. And, and, and so WrestleMania was the deal. And, you know, you watch the videos of him and Mean Gene Okerlund and him and Mr. T and, 
you know, I didn't get to see that stuff when I was a kid because we didn't have cable. You know, we didn't have uh, MSG network, you know, but it's, it was big. And I mean, he is legitimately, you know, if, if it wasn't for 1985 Hulk Hogan, I, I don't personally believe wrestling would be where it's at today. So I like that card the best. What about you, Rob? So I think one of the reasons why I put off this set for so long is that many of these base cards were really found in the wrestling all-stars. So that kind of helped, you know, held me back from really pursuing them really hard. But if I had to pick one and why it captivated my attention was the Roddy Piper, because that was his first appearance. That's my, that's my favorite card in the set. So there's no, you know, denying that. And, you know, the baseball card, you know, collector as a kid and just that collecting gene is, and I know that you're going to have this on a future show is about rookie cards, mm -hmm. but it was to get the rookie card of Roddy Piper, his first appearance on a card, no matter how you slice it. If, if you want that, uh, the card for Roddy, that's the one to have. Yeah, it's my favorite card. I was a big Roddy fan, so. I come across him, you know, many times at shows over the years like that and have conversations with him. I always tell him, it's still my favorite card. It's still my favorite card guy. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, Well, I'll tell you, hey, listen, so when I opened that rat box, um, I had bought a Hogan number one PSA 10 a few months earlier. So quite frankly, I was gunning for a Roddy PSA 10 more than Hogan. And I did get lucky. I got two Roddy's and a Hogan number 110 out of that box. But it's a great shot. And I think a lot of people today, you know, we have a very soft culture. You know, if you get online and, and you listen to wrestling fans, they would not be able to take uh, Roddy Piper from the 80s. And no. so I think <laughs> it's a magic. It, well, it's magical because it just adds to why people like the nostalgia. I mean, Roddy, Roddy, Roddy Piper was not only um, brutal in the ring. I mean, um, this isn't a WWF event, but if you go back to 83 Starcade, that was NWA Jim Crockett Promotions, his dog collar match with Greg Valentine may be one of the most brutal matches. That was a brutal match. Of all time, you know? He would not have been able to put asses in seats for WrestleMania had he not, you know, people, like I get it, like a lot of people changed promotions, but everybody knew that Roddy Piper was Roddy Piper. Oh yeah. That's a beautiful card. Love that card. Yeah, one of my buddies actually purchased Roddy Piper's boots. And that's part of his collection. So Anthony wow. in Texas. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty cool grab. <laughs> it's amazing. That's a really good that's grab. Wild. I have a few things like that that I've gotten over the years, but nothing from legendary people like that. I've got like the very first pair of pants that Sabu wore at the very first ECW pay-per-view. I used to have a lot of RVD stuff that I would sell for him. I've got some Singapore canes and stuff like that. Nothing from vintage stuff. It's more modern stuff from a lot of guys I've worked with over the years. But Yeah, uh, and apparently those were the boots that Roddy Piper wore for his entire career. Oh, wow. Wow. Which is, you know, fascinating. That is, that's pretty amazing like that. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Sets like that. So we got more information about this set here is uh, sales sheets. You guys ever click the sales sheets from it? 
I have not. I've seen them online. I think it's a neat deal. Um, many, many years ago, like a few people sold them for, you know, pretty high prices, but I think it sort of became clear they're a little more plentiful. Uh, they also, I believe, featured the Garbage Pail Kids, correct? On certain ones, they uh, basically they made uh, a one-sided and a two-sided sales sheet for promotional purpose, obviously. The, the one-sided horizontal sheets, uh, they're full sheets, eight and a half by 11. Uh, and then you have the two-sided horizontal sheets, advertisements, I'm just reading off the information we have there, uh, that actually did feature the Garbage Pail Kids on it as well. Uh, I, I've got both of those, and that's why I, I kind of recently posted that horizontal one that featured Garbage Pail Kids on it as well. That's also attracted to me because I used to collect those two Garbage Pail Kids. That was so fun for me. Yeah, I didn't collect the sales sheet at all. One thing that I have collected is basically the parallel set of the 1986 Scanlons, mm -hmm. the Australian version, yeah. one year later, just because it's so tough and I like a challenge and it gives me something <laughs> To, to shoot for and I actually forgot about that I, I forgot about that set I got that in a binder somewhere too is it high grade I don't know it's, you know that's what I'm interested in looking at I'm interested in looking at all my cards to find out at the time I wasn't really concerned about you know the, uh, the grading obviously at all uh, I just wanted to complete it because some of those cards as you know were really hard to come by to try to piece together I'd find on eBay someone have a lot of like 10 cards like well I need seven of them so I'll take it and I'll just go ahead and maybe I can trade off my other three um, so I had to piece my stuff together like that way. Every once I get lucky and you find someone out a full set and I can buy it that way. It's kind of how I got my, that, uh, that wacky wrestling set that came out. Um, I got it. Someone had a whole set. So I bought the whole thing. Um, trying to look at what else we have here. So like that, as far as a sell sheet, but then they had also the one-sided vertical sell sheets. Um, actually we can look at these here. I can. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rob, like you, you just, uh, you were telling me you just recently got a pack of scan lens. I, I don't know that I've ever even seen one of those on eBay. I mean, that's super rare. Yeah, I, I went and looked on the PSA pop reports and they haven't graded a scan lens. And I don't know if it's just because collectors haven't given them the information or, you know, sometimes PSA is a little bit slow to recognize variations. So one of my goals is to to get some of, especially the base cards graded, because I think a Hulk Hogan Scanlon high grade, I think that would be a big time card. You know, that number one in a Scanlon's, in a PSA holder, that, that's a monster card. And it doesn't well, exist. No doubt. And, and, you know, the thing is, uh, I don't know, like, if you think about the, like, market scene cards and what we've learned about the Kiwis, uh, you know, from New Zealand. It's my understanding that the Scanlins have the same condition woes. And then you think about just finding sort of packed fresh copies. That's a monster. It has to be. It's gotta be. Yeah, I bought an unopened pack. And I don't know, but it seems like there's no more than five cards in that pack, that Scanlin. Um... Let me see if I could, I don't, it's in the closet like that. I actually have a pack, uh, no, not Scanlings though. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Market Scene Limited, but I'm thinking about those ones. Market uh, Scene's only three, and then you've got one of them you lose to gum. Yeah, one you lose to gum, absolutely. So I have one from each series, uh, unopened pack from each series of those. Those are such a, like, you know, I bought a box, and it, it's, you legitimately shed 
a third of the box to Correct. go. Yep. And, and then on top of that, then you've got issues with, you know, corners like the, the back card may be damaged. I mean, it's a, um, I really like those cards, but it's a risky rip. It is. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the Stanlins because it's so thin. The cards really don't brick to, you know, save the ones that are in the middle. And so even with unopened packs, it, it's a big gamble to get a high grade one. Let's see if I can find, uh, we'll go back to sell sheets here. I got, show you some examples of sell sheets. But really, I, I'm curious, Rob, maybe you could, Rob, you could probably speak to this maybe better than I, but is the Scanlon set exactly the same? One through 66 it is, but it does not have any stickers. No stickers. So that's actually interesting because that tells you that you've got either one, they put less cards in the pack is what it sounds like, or two, you got at least more base cards. You got a little better shot. Sounds like it's the first. But it's interesting though, is when you look at this 85 tops, you have OPG in Canada, then Scanlon mm -hmm. the following year in 1986. Yeah, it's a 66-card it's a set, yep. Made exclusively for New Zealand, Australia market. No stickers with the release. That's, uh, and the base is a little bit different. Instead of a brown back, it has a more of a whitish back. Yes, kind of, kind of similar to the OPG one, I think, right? Yeah, so I, this one's actually a Scanlon's. So my iron cheek. Yeah. So hey, Rob, the does, does, doesn't does look it, like that. Rob, does it have a 1986 copyright date on there or 85? It does. And yeah, I wonder if PSA didn't want to grade them because when you look at the action shots, I mean, one of the things that would be the obvious giveaway would be the, the backs, the white versus the brown. But if you weren't in tune with that, you'd have to look at the copyright date of 1986 versus 1985. Is it like, because I kind of feel like the OPG Series 1 has a little different gloss to it. Um, it's not, it has, I don't believe it has quite the same matte finish that the tops do. Do the Scanlons have any kind of uh, different finish? Mm. I think it does a little bit. It has it seems to me like a little bit more of a sheen. Yeah, that's because the thing about the OPG Series 1, you know, obviously it's the same as the Tops set. And I'll tell you what's interesting, I didn't even know that they had stickers. And, and quite frankly, I don't even know how you tell the difference. Um, uh, there, there's fit. no difference in the stickers in this, except for the fact that card number 21, which is Andre, is listed in French. Yeah, but I mean, so, oh, so the back is in French? No, there's, the back's not in French. The back also contains an image, but it's uh, the only way to tell a difference really on the stickers for that is that card number 21, really. So what, um, in terms of what, like how would I tell? Uh, what, card number 21 has Andre's name written in, in French on the front instead of just, on it, the doesn't, front. it doesn't say Andre the Giant. It actually says, hey, I'll give you, I'll show you here in a second here. You oh, got wow. So, Okay, now that's pretty cool, though. See, <laughs> you, know, you learn something new every day. I mean, uh, that's going to be uh, people listening uh, at home are going to basically be searching for that. Well, I, I, I don't have an image of the card itself, but I don't have an image of the card itself, but I'm going to share this with you here. 
Uh, the, the Andre sticker, if it's a, if it's a, in French, it's a different one. That's, that's, that's cool. what, this is what I'll say. That's the card. Everything else is the same. So, but is there any like copyright dates? I mean, like, how do you even know? Uh, it's all 85. It's all 85. I, I think the stickers are exactly the same. So I would have to go actually look at my personal collection again, some storage, but I have this. Uh, and I like to get an image of it because I'm supposed to give this stuff to David to so he can put up on the site. Because this is something that I think is going to be, um, I, I personally believe that the Opeachy Series 1, I mean, it is drastically harder to find it is. than the tops. So over time, collectors are probably going to pivot and apply higher values to some of those cards. And the stickers in particular, uh, I didn't, you know, for the longest time, I didn't even know they existed. I've seen sellers from Canada sell them, so I know they exist, but I just can't, I don't even know how you tell the difference. I, I don't know either. That'd be a great way to find that out because uh, those other 21 cards are identical to the, the tops release. Uh, other than that card number 21, it's, uh, it's, I, I've, I have the card. I know cause it's in, it's in French on the front. Uh, hey, Rob, you, you got to track one of those down, buddy. <laughs> oh, it, it'll be found. <laughs> it'll, yeah. it'll be found. <laughs> you're, you're already playing. My brain's just working. Like, how could I convince PSA to recognize one out of 20 something cards as Opeachy and say, oh, the others, you know. We can't do it, but for Andre, we'll do it. You know, um, can't do it because I'm focusing. I got my phone here, but I, for some reason, I feel like maybe they've graded an Opeachy sticker. They've, I mean, um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that one would be huge. I mean, if you think about Andre, you know, you, Greg Knapp, I mean, there's uh, Barry, Barry. Topple. You know, you got some real serious collectors out there that like Andre for obvious reasons. And that could be a really fascinating card because if you look at the 85 tops Andre, it's super condition sensitive, like the, the stickers. I mean, they just are. It'd be pretty cool to have one in French. It would actually, yes. I would, uh, I, I'm not sure how you can figure it out. I'm not sure how we can figure out uh, what set it came from, those other 21 cards. I don't believe there's anything on it because the back also contains a puzzle, I think, too. The same puzzle. Well, after I get off this call, I'm going to go on eBay and look at every one and see. <laughs> Rob's going hunting. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting is that um, – the Opeachy Series 1 wax boxes are like impossible to find. And so there's a guy named Tom at Opeachy Baseball and he sort of specializes in Opeachy products and, and other products, but he found one and he sold one recently for 1900. Um, yeah, well, I, I have to admit, I, I when he first priced it out, uh, we're, we're friends on Instagram and um, I said, 1900 oh okay and you know this is before the tops had really skyrocketed so i kind of felt like all right i get the scarcity value but that seemed like he was stretching and it sold so the challenge really is is that there's no rack packs 
of the OPG. It's only wax, wax boxes. So um, very few people are going to rip a $1,900 oh, yeah. 85 OPG. There yeah. are um, three uh, Hogan sticker cards uh, from Opeachy that are on uh, PSA. Right. There's a, the pop report. There's, I could have sworn there was a few, right? Yeah, there's three of them. Yeah, there's uh, a total of, um, yeah, three. Yeah, so we got to figure out, like, you know, and someone just sent them in as Opeachy and then they just slabbed them is what it's probably most likely is. Uh, actually, but, I take but, that back. A, to a total of six. But I don't think Rob, like, honestly, like, I doubt anybody was going to fake that. I'm not suggesting you're saying that. So no. the, the, the reality is, I'm sure they're legit. We just need right. to figure out, like, how on earth PSA can tell. Yeah, you know, I, I do know that PSA has used WTC many times in the past to authenticate cards like that. But that's a tough one because without an actual image that shows the difference between that and, and a regular tops card. It, it's hard to tell. The only one that stands out clear is that Andre card because it's definitely done in French. His name is done in French in the front. Well, I, I had for a long time was really hoping, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, I mean, I'm a gambler when it comes to some of this stuff. I like to rip and you know, one, it's fun. And two, it, uh, Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but when you win, you can win big. Yep. And but I can't in any capacity say I'm gonna be ripping a nineteen hundred dollar <laughs> no. uh, box. You know. But those holdings are going up in value though, too. So Yeah, I still can't see uh, you know, almost two grand on a box and want to tear it open and go, Oh, I got shit out of it. <laughs> well, the thing is like so like I've ripped uh, wrestling all-stars pack so is rob right well you have at least a pretty good shot you know like there's a chance when you start losing card after card to wax stains and card after card let's say tops to, to bubble gum and bad coalition and maybe these things got handled poorly it's just a riskier proposition you know Absolutely. I mean, I'd at least rather, if I'm going to gamble, I'm hoping to, like, maybe have a shot to seriously win. Yeah, those in-action cards aren't going to be a home run. No. You'll be lucky, you know, if you win, but those aren't the home runs. No. Just a few of the base cards. Uh, anything else about this set that stands out from you, for you guys as far as, like, uh, card image that you like or anything at all like that? Because uh, the other thing about this set is that there are uncut sheets that exist. You guys ever collect uncut sheets or no? I don't collect uncut sheets just due to space. I, I just like the, you know, how I could store single trading cards or graded cards, you know, so no, no uncut sheets for me. I mean, I have none myself. I mean, I have some uncut sheets from various products, but not from this release. I've got, uh, and you know, um, not trying to turn this into a Rob love fest, but you know, Rob and I have been, uh, you can do you that. Know, Nate. Okay. <laughs> we've worked together, um, over the years in terms of, um, just being like pals. And so there's been a few moments where he hooked me up with a situation. And so I have, uh, uncut sheets from the wrestling all-stars thanks to Rob. Uh, and I do appreciate that. Um, I'd say that the difference is those are 36 card sheets. 
whereas you get into 66 card. So for display purposes and just overall um, storage, it gets tougher. I think at the core though, this set is, um, it really is super important because nobody for the most part even knew the Wrestling All-Stars existed uh, for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 85 Tops Wrestling is the first pack issued set of wrestling cards ever. And, you know, then you have the distribution of Tops. You, you know, the set's dominated by Hulk Hogan, which, you know, look, I get it that some people don't like Hulk, but in eight, 1985, I mean, Hulk was everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a, um, it's a really classic set. And, you know, for me, I'm excited that wrestling cards have sort of morphed into where a set like this can become highly collectible. I mean, if you look at the prices of the Hogan cards, I mean, a PSA 8, number one Hogan, I've seen sales like as of a day ago that were like $165 for an eight. Um, you know, I get it that uh, that's not all the money in the world, but I mean, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, that was like six bucks, eight yeah. bucks, 10 bucks. If, if that. And Dave probably wasn't submitting an eight a year ago. I was not. <laughs> I've got some eights. I've got some eights at PSA right now. So when I ripped that rack box, I had a stiff level of a nine or higher. And every single card I submitted got a nine or higher because I made sure that there was no borderline nines. I've got a bunch of the, and I say a bunch, I don't know, three or four, but of those at PSA now that, you know, were, I didn't really think were, you know, grade worthy. So what's really exciting is, is that the card hobby is so hot right now and you know it's it's expanded so much that if a Hogan 8 from 85 taps is you know 150 170 bucks that's pretty cool that's that's good for all of us yep. yeah even a 9 OC went for good money you know and before we would never even dream of submitting a OC card from 85 tops just knowing how plentiful they that they used to be but I, I think, you know, with this issue, when you attach tops to a trading card, it legitimizes wrestling cards. It does. Tops is the brand. You know, it's been around forever. And, you know, for all intent and purposes, it was the first issue of tops. You know, technically, you could go back to 1948, the tops magic photos, but mm -hmm. those really don't meet the, you know, the true definition of a, trading card they're you know posted oh that's a whole card. different topic right there alone i can't exactly. wait to have that <laughs> but you know you have to either spit on them or get them wet for the photo <laughs> to develop and have the number one registry so i don't want to downplay them i mean i'm all in on those they're vintage wrestling and you know they're tops they're 1948 but you know to be real and you know 1985 with tops and you know for Tops to have, you know, subsequent releases in 87 and, and keep, you know, wrestling cards going and having others join the fray with Classic and Merlin. and. Well, how do, how do you guys feel about, I mean, 85 Tops now is kind of, it's like you said, it's been blowing up now, especially the last six months plus. 
uh, really becoming a, a really highly desirable collectible. Is that going to affect 87? Would that I ever become a, a rollover? There, there just has to be. And I think part of the reason why 85 tops is so hot is if someone wants to get a Hulk Hogan and in the past, it would be, oh, let's go get the 1982 wrestling all-stars. But now they're getting priced out of the 82 all-stars. So thanks, okay, David. The next best thing? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to play in the deep end of the pool. I'll, I'll go into the mid-sized pool and I'm going to go to 85. And I'm going to so, get that card number one, card number 16. Does, does, does 87 become like the, the you know, the, the steps to get into the pool? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. You know, that's a nice shot of Hulk on that 87 tops card. So, well, you know, that card and mind, people are going to go after it. 87 tops also is around WrestleMania 3. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people have got to keep in mind, WrestleMania three is one of the biggest sports attractions or attractions of, of all time in the United States. I think the other thing is, and Rob will agree with this, is that, you know, the 87 tops has the Bret Hart quote unquote rookie card. And he's in, he has a base card and a sticker card. And, you know, I think that a lot of us um, were very, bullish on wrestling cards like you know we really thought the market was gonna be strong right but boy you get like and, and we've talked about gary vaynerchuk um mm -hmm. you know when he starts putting a bret hart rookie on his twitter account people start saying well that's a really awesome car and if gary and says it is i gotta have it too <laughs> uh, well not just that but you know like Take a Bret Hart rookie. I mean, I'm not a particular huge Bret Hart fan. Um, I, I really feel like, you know, he thinks he's better than he is. And I think he's become a sort of an asshole as he's gotten older. And, you know, that's, that's whatever. That's but, another whole different topic I could talk to you guys about. Topic. But think about that for a second. I mean, you have a guy that was a big wrestling star. And I can tell you from personal experience, those cards are very, very tough because they, they have centering issues top to bottom. You've Those got a quarters. lot of corner issues. That's, that's, that's tough for you. Well, but you've got a lot of print issues where there's lots of white specks all over the cards. So you're not going to see um, a lot of high-grade examples. And so I think what's happened is that collectors like cards and slabs. I mean, Rob and I... Um, probably really of everybody were the sort of pioneers of graded wrestling cards. And, you know, there was other people buying them, but him and I were very much into trying to create a market and, and grading cards. I mean, more so than myself, Rob is clearly the guy that's gotten more cards graded than anybody. Uh, one in totality and two, just trying to get new stuff graded. And so that said, there's just not a ton of supply. And so, and there's not going to be a ton of supply. I mean, I ripped years ago, a bunch of 87 tops boxes and these things were 20 bucks a piece shit. Now they're like 150 a piece. So obviously, you know, people are not going to rip them. You lost 
two cards a pack to gum and wax. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, you had so many cards that looked like total shit out of the pack, right? And 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 I, I kind of sort of have to laugh because I probably threw away stuff I could have sold. But I literally threw away like 2,000 top singles with uh, <laughs> gum stains and stuff. I should have created sets, but I threw them away because I just didn't see, you know, anything was 90, 10 or huge amount of print. And so I'm telling you, um, you're not going to see a lot of high grade 87 tops. And so take the, the Hogan, obviously, the Andre, obviously, and then the Bret Hart. And so I think all this stuff is sort of benefiting from the fact that, you know, people like to collect. And uh, as Rob indicated, I think it's very true as the more marquee cards go up in value, the close substitutes are what other collectors can sort of get their hands on and, and it drives the value. I mean, I can't honestly tell you that I thought an Andre PSA five from 82 all-stars would be a $600 card, wow. but we're seeing that we saw one the other day sell for 800 and something. So it's just different. Is that a lot of wrestling collectors in the past would just be completist. So they would just have their 85 top set and they'd be done. Nothing graded. But for example, with Dave and I, we're going to go back to that well five times, 10 times, 15 times, 20 times, because there's always like a nine or a 10 to chase. And so when you have these hardcore collectors that continuously go after this product, that product that once seemed plentiful isn't so plentiful anymore. Mm -hmm. And now all this unopened product is shooting up in price. And, you know, more people are joining. And so what seemed to be really plentiful isn't so much today. Because if it's cheap and it's on eBay, you know, Dave and I are, you know, and sometimes we'll, we'll just have a whim. We might be bored. We'll just say, hey, we want to rip something. We want to have some <laughs> This is a decent price. We'll we'll go at it, you know, because there's certain cards to chase. You know, I miss my eBay days. 1987 Bret Hart OPT rookie goes for twenty three hundred dollars, and there's a nice wax box out there. We'll we'll jump on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and, and, you know, to take it a step further, the 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 markets changed where you know people used to make fun of all of us that collected wrestling cards. It was dorky. It was garbage. Didn't really talk and, about it. <laughs> you know, all right, well, guess what? The joke's on you. Now, all of a sudden, that, uh, you know, like, as Rob just said, we saw an OPG PSA 10 that's pop one. I get it. Bret Hart go for $2,300. Now, you know, listen, I mean, I get it. And if you compare that to baseball cards, I mean, you've got Mickey Mantles into the deep in the yeah, million. Sure. But we, that was a $20 card. So, I mean, you're talking about a price escalation in the last 10 years that is radical. And I think that, you know, each situation is different, but I'm telling you, uh, the graded stuff is not going to go away. And, what, what everybody's finding, you know, like you, you start looking at the pop reports and say, wait a second, 
this shit's tougher than I realized. Yeah, well, you got me interested when we had our conversation. I went and I took about a week before I finally got into it. I looked at it and I'm trying to familiarize myself. I'd never been there before. So I'm going on looking at it. I'm going, holy shit. There is like, this is, this is like a, a stock market. Like I know what, now, this is a great report for me knowing what to buy. Uh, you know, if I find a good deal, what to jump on it. Cause I'm, I'm actively looking now because of my conversation with you. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I got into eBay in 1999 and it was 2007. And at that point I had pretty much collected everything that I wanted to collect and it made it more interesting again, because there was always something to chase. You know, I yeah, I, 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 was, I was like you, Robert. I was a completist. And so when FLIR got a hold of it, I did those first few releases. I got everything. So even when you talk about the, the Hurricane Mascar and the, the Farouk knee brace that are really limited, I have all those because I, I, I actually look for stuff. Uh, but then I, I just fell off because it became too much for me. So now I just pretty much stopped collecting in 07 myself. And I'm thinking now, after having my conversation with David, and then I had my conversation with that guy for uh, uh, Brian, who did the PWG cards. Like I, I'm feeling like I want to go back out and start collecting again now. And and even though I have certain things, like I want to go out and look for more 85 tops, 87 tops. I want to look for me. I'm I'm actively looking for 2002 Flair Royal Rumbles right now. That's a great release because you know, it's, it's a great rookie year, man. That's a great set. Hey. Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen, I got a bunch of those at PSA right now. And I tell you something, I, I think people don't understand how tough those are. because not only, not only are they tough to find right now, they're tough to get graded, I think, because the cutting on those cards, because the embossing on them was so difficult. They're frayed edges. It's a fine right. one. It's not frayed. It's really hard. Well, and on top of that, they stick together like this. So I just, I bought some sealed boxes. I mean, I bought a bunch. I've opened a bunch but i got some from singapore not too long ago and anyway they were all stuck together and so you get bubbling on the yep. surface you know but i think the um what i, I bought ca i bought cases of that stuff in 2002 because i was i would break stuff and i became a seller i would break stuff finish my complete set for myself and then sell off all my extras to help pay off my case so i bought cases of all that stuff from all that flare stuff through everything even their divine diva set i, I everything and, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of regretting not holding on a lot of that stuff because I sold some to a guy in St. Louis who was buying 2,000 singles at a time for me to put in vending machines. <laughs> well, we got to get you to get some of those like uh, Hurricane Helms and uh, the Farouk knee brace. Those need to get in a, in a, a graded holder because I got to tell you something. Um, I'm not, uh, that's not my forte but it's my understanding that some of those are limited to like 10 or 12. Uh, knee brace is like 16 pieces, 15 pieces. The hurricane mass card is like 12 pieces. Okay. You got to get one of those in a holder because what you're going to find is that first of all, for you, one, you'll enjoy it. But two, if you're wanting to sell this, um, there's going to be somebody out there, you know, what's happened is, uh, the the card market so you know a lot of people um don't realize you know i mean i follow this stuff it's not just wrestling i mean i follow it super closely and so i read an article today and psa a year ago was averaging sixty-eight thousand cards a week okay they're averaging two hundred fifty thousand cards a week a year later i mean they're the, the people have got to understand that 
you know, listen, uh, Rob and I obviously have been early in this um, scenario and, you know, it's been, you know, good for us, right? But price aside, like, you know, it's hard to predict what price will do. But when you have almost four-fold increase in the number of cards per week, I mean, I did the math. It's like 13 million cards that PSA is going to grade this year. Like, that is a huge deal. So that explains you, uh, why one of, my, one of my best friends got a job with PSA this year because they were hiring like mad in California. And, they have uh, to be. Yeah. And so when yeah. he, he, had, he had his interview. We're hiring. Yeah. Well, he had his interview with them and uh, he, they, they hired him as a researcher. Uh, so he's like, well, I've never really done researching. I, I used to help a buddy with a site called ComClick that turned into WrestlingTradingCards.com. And he goes, the lady interviewed him and goes, WrestlingTradingCards.com. Oh, we use that side all the time for our grading purposes. <laughs> so I was like, oh, uh, I know you. We there's plenty of wrestling cards that need to be recognized yet. Yes. There's no reason for them not to have graded a Scanlon's card yet. Correct. Well, I mean, it, it needs to have images. We need to get images put up there. So that's, it's a whole project that we're working on. So, but, uh, yeah, but I want to, like, your first submission, here's what we need from you for your sake. Get a Collector's Club Platinum membership, right? You get the 15 free submissions and send in some of these cool like off the beaten path cards because I'm they're not doing you, man, it it's it's like they don't even need to grade high like it let's I you know if there's only 12 or 16 copies I mean it becomes a scarcity issue I, know, I went through like board. I said I went through yesterday my storage yesterday and I'm just uh you know I'm grabbing some things that I thought because I have so much stuff all over the place I just shoved it all in there so I went I grabbed a lot of the Merlin stuff. There's some cool Merlin, WF Merlin cards. I figure I get, you know, some old, some AJ Styles cards for something newer. Uh, you know, I got some Brock Lesnar's from Royal Rumble I want to send in. <laughs> uh, you know, Kurt Angle's first card is from No Mercy. Want to get that one done. Uh, My first submission to PSA was in 2007. And that first submission, I submitted a 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Hulk Hogan <laughs> that was a PSA 9. I got a bunch of stunning Steve Austin's going to send in. I got a whole bunch of singles of those. Hey, Rob, don't we believe that the guy that cracked your card out and got it signed was the $20,000 one, right? That was my old card. And the bad story about that card was at the time, the 82 A's were about $60 a set. So I bought a set for probably around $50 submitted at PSA, got a PSA 9. I put it up on eBay for $135, buy it now. Oh. <laughs> that, that guy snapped it up. He cracked it out of the case, got it signed by Hulk, got it re-slabbed by PSA. It kept its nine grade. And I remember his name. And I started communicating with him on eBay and yeah, he ended up <laughs> consigning that card and then it went for 20 grand. You're like, my big $135 sale at one time. You know, it's almost like, you know, winning a lot of money at the craft table. It should at least tip the dealer. Come on, it should tip you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, what was really cool about that is, I mean, obviously Rob's had so, you know, a lot of great fortune since, fortunately. Uh, you know, if he had, if he had quit, it really sucked, but <laughs> that was um, a real milestone for wrestling cards because absolutely, 
you know, when you think about a $20,000 price tag for what we've all been doing, um, you know, Rob and I have been uh, pioneers on the grading side. I mean, we have referenced your site so many times to so many collectors and we appreciate it immensely. And, you know, I've obviously told you that, but it, it, the proof is in the pudding, you know, when all of a sudden the rest of the world sees a $20,000 sale, they say, oh my gosh, this wrestling stuff is, it ain't so bad. Yeah, so, there's, there's, especially people who want to flip. I mean, it's like, hey, there's there's some value here. And I wanted to think it's good for everybody. PSA site is how many graded cards that I've sold. And I've stayed, you know, directly and always consistently in wrestling. And it's about 2,500 wrestling cards. And pretty much those are all, you know, pre-2000 for the most part. So... That's a lot of cards that were kind of feeding the market, getting people used to seeing wrestling cards and slabs. And so I'd like to think that I had something to do with where the market is today. I think both you guys have a lot to do with what happened in the market today. It's like that. I mean, uh, there's no question about that. Anytime somebody talks about grading wrestling cards, there's only two names that come up and it's your guys. <laughs> well, Rob, you know, has been so instrumental because, um, a lot of people don't understand the work that he's done to just get PSA to grade them. Um, and so it's not like you just mail it in and voila, it's graded. So what Rob's done is he's used your website numerous times as the checklist. Um, he's dealt with back and forth with PSA where first they won't grade it, then they'll grade it, you know? And so, and I think the other thing is, is that um, both of us were hell-bent on making this shit legit. Because I got to tell you something, you know, it gets old uh, when people used to, you know, routinely just constantly make fun of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you make fun of it all you want. Well, guess what? When the prices go up, there's really not much to make fun of. Yeah. And so our goal... And I, I know I'm speaking for Rob, but I mean, we've, we've had this discussion before was, you know, like, it wasn't a cash grab. We just wanted this shit to be legit, yeah. you know, where it was like, hey, you know what? Wrestling is a huge part of Americana and the cards are very, very tough, you know, and let's just make it real. Yeah. And, and you, and guys, have you guys have credit too, because on the message board, I know that I posted about wrestling and it was just crickets. You know, there was no comments, nothing. And so I did that, you know, a handful of times and it was the same response and I kind of gave up. And then Dave came along and made some posts and there was this one thread, literally he took a beating in it bad. <laughs> Mob was after him, he was made fun of. And well, what, what, what was this thread about? What was it about? This um, it, it was bad, but like he was always consistent about, you know, how cool this stuff is. I mean, if the Three Stooges are popular, why can't Hulk Hogan and Andre be popular, you know? It's so, true. Yeah. Nah, so. it was a, uh, Rob's right, but it was 82 All-Stars. And, you know, I think the challenge is that one of the, the internet's a weird phenomenon and people, they love to, throw stones 
Oh, everybody, or, everybody's seven feet tall, 500 pounds online. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what's funny is I laugh now. I mean, you know, you can see in the camera, I'm all skinny now because I'm waiting for <laughs> shoulder surgery. But man, when I was 30, when this shit started, like, I honestly was not the guy you really wanted to talk <laughs> shit to. So I always found it so odd. I was like, what is wrong with these people? But no, nah, I mean, I just think that um, it was it was good because, you know, we laugh about it now, but all the negative attention actually was positive because, you know, you hear all those people say that, that all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. And so basically it was like, hey, we're going to kick the shit out of this guy, Dave, online, you know, and, and he's going to take it and laugh and tell you you're stupid. But guess what? It stayed at the top. And so everybody was like looking at it, you know? It was a legendary oh, thread and Dave took a literal beating. Yeah. Well, way to uh, take one for the team, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> So everything that he's earned in the card world, you know, he's really earned just from that thread alone. But, but it's, you know, it's really true, though, because I remember going in the mid to late 90s, going to various card shows and then kind of, you know, walk up to a, a deal. Hey, do, do, do you have any wrestling cards? <laughs> I want to talk down because I, I, I didn't want anybody to hear me talking about wrestling cards. Like, you know, who wants to have this, you know, 30-something-year-old, 40-something-year-old guy walking around asking for wrestling cards? Uh I'm just happy that is where it's at now. I mean, cause I don't give a shit anymore, but. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, um, it's, it's such a fascinating deal because the, in 2010, the one sealed set I bought that was uh, a home run was from this guy, Jerome in Minnesota. And he legitimately buried the wrestling cards for 30 years because he was tired of people talking shit to him at the card shows. Yeah. He'd have them out and they literally was making fun of it. And he goes, fine. You know what? I was asking $10. The $10 ain't worth it. I'll put them on a shelf, you know? And so I think for me, um, you know, I get basically accused of being greedy and in it for the money and so on and whatever. But I'm telling you the, the one of the, the major drivers was, let's just make this stuff legit. You know, you guys can all act like your hockey cards, your baseball cards, or basketball are better. But let me tell you something. When you submit a card to PSA, they don't care what genre it is. Mm -hmm. You're getting graded based on the card. Yeah, your money you know? is as good as a baseball fan's, you know, money. And, and what well, are, are, are you? My cardboard is better than your cardboard. <laughs> I mean, we're more alike than we are different. So. Correct. Just let everyone be. I'm just happy to see where the market's at right now. It's uh, uh, seeing and, you, you know, David introducing me to the, to the pop reports like that has uh, greatly opened my eyes to like wanting to get back in the hobby again, wanting to collect. I don't give two shits about the new stuff, to be honest with you. I, I, I have, but we, we have members on our site that can, that are very helpful in giving us checklists for all the news that they've been on top of that stuff for years now. Great. I'm more interested in going back after this, the old stuff that really got me in into the hobby to begin with 85 tops 87 top whatever i can find so like that so yeah i'm i'm actively hunting now so i got my wife interested in going with me so like that. she wants to go hang out with and check the stuff out and uh i'm really excited about collecting again for the first time in over 10 years at least you know 
We'll go to the oh. registry and look up Wrestling Card King, and you can see all my. Oh, I, I already looked you up, buddy. I, I I did my homework. I have a whole list of things I'm ready to talk to you about right here. Uh, <laughs> I've got it all ready to go. <laughs> well, the thing, other thing is, is if you um, you know, like if you look at your website, you know, tremendous information. There's a lot of these sets that are never going to be sort of actively pursued, right? So if we take 2002 Fleer, Royal Rumble, there's four or five cards in the set that basically stick out, right? Okay, yeah. fine. Well, it's, it's, yeah. Got a, it's got a, a great rookie class of, you know, modern wrestlers there. I mean, everybody from the Fleer stuff started going after autographs and uh, relics and memorabilia like that, and kiss cards. But there's some good key stuff in some of these earlier Fleer stuff that someday 15, 20 years down the road are going to be they're going to be their generation's Hulk Hogan cars, the Randy Orton's, the John Cena's, the Brock Lesnar's, the, you know, uh, Batista's. Cena's already there on some of those. I mean, there are, some of those are already there. Yeah. Well, but so the thing is, like, that is a set that um, I personally believe is one of the marquee modern sets. But, like, yep. if you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Rob's. So I don't know, like, if you're still there. I know you are, but it's just, I, I see his image. You know, Rob know, went after the Carter here. set. Oh, shit, he's giving me the Bob Backlund, like, he's going to choke me. Look. Um, but, no, you take, like, what Rob's done with the Parker sets, for example, okay? Um, you know, those are arguably some of the most condition-sensitive trading cards that exist. Mm -hmm. You know, like, legitimately, if you look at the pop report of the Parker sets, uh, and I, I, I can't, you know, he could spout it off better than I, but... One of the sets has like maybe a few cards that have graded meant. I mean, I don't believe either of any that have graded a 10. Um, so when you think about that, you know, the beauty of wrestling cards is you have some of these sets that are modern where maybe somebody wants the autographs or the mat cards or whatever. Sure. But then you've got people that are sort of more advanced collectors that want to go after tough stuff and, you know, Rob's been chasing these Parker's cards from the minute I've known him. He said 20 years. So it's even longer than I've known him. But I mean, that's that gives you something to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't just give up. Like me and my wrestling all-stars chase. I mean, I haven't had an upgrade to my 82 A set in like three years, but doesn't stop me from trying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Someone so even agrees like that. Uh, somebody named Carl. Says, yeah, those uh, Parker's uh, high grades are almost impossible, he says. They're almost impossible. Yeah. So the 1954 set, I have 71 out of the 75 in the highest grade ever from PSA. And with the master set with the lucky premiums, and granted, these are 1954 cards. I have 129 out of 137 with the lucky premium box and the highest grade. So there's only, oh, yeah. yeah, there's only a few out there that I don't have. That's so impressive. that's what makes it fun. Like I'm searching for those eight cards. Yes, that's kind of what I, I, I that's impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. Well, Rob, you know, I don't know if you know this about Rob, but Rob's a legit wrestler. And when we were up in uh, North Carolina last year, he had a chance to, to rumble with Bob Backlund, legit. And, <laughs> he, and he held his own. So I kind of think of Rob as like, a, you know, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I did my homework on Rob's like that. I'm, I'm aware of his background. <laughs>
You know, Although after that back, back home, someone goes, you're wrestling a 70-year-old man? And I was like, well, like, he's in great shape. Bob's in great shape. A <laughs> little crazy sometimes, but he's in great shape. Well, you <laughs> know, it was weird. to be, you know. Is the thing that is so funny about Backlund is, first of all, I've got all the respect in the world for the guy because he legitimately is a real wrestler. Yes. Uh, but he does all that crazy uh bob backland stuff from the wwf you know later in life mr backland or whatever but rob was like yeah i don't for i don't know what happened but for whatever reason they decided to lock horns and i mean it was unbelievable because you know make make say what you want about backland as a 70 year old guy he would destroy most people and and rob held his own it was pretty cool I said, hey, he picked up Hulk Hogan with one arm. <laughs> Strong guy. It's, it's kind of why, you know, I work with Kurt Angle. He's one of my clients I work with, and that's an, another guy. That's a legit badass guy right there. Like, you do not want to mess with a guy like him. Well, Rob, tell about, 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 thing Rob, tell about the Kurt Angle rookie. Yeah. Well, actually, there's three Kurt Angle rookies. There's two 1995 grapple cards mm -hmm. that are extremely rare. And then there's the 1998 Culture House Heroes of Wrestling nice. amateur. So, um, you know, before the No Mercy cards, yeah, you know, th there there's some other ones to chase. I'd be interested. But that Culture I, House, you dropped one for a grand, so that's the card. Yeah, I, uh, I dropped one of those Culture House for a, a grand for a PSA eight. And then I got three more. I'm gonna write myself a note here. I'm actually I'm gonna send him a text after this like that to find out he's got any of those cards laying around. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll Dude, hey, listen, in all serious, Rob, Rob, you just got some of those. Maybe uh, maybe you can help him get one signed. Well, I, can totally get, I can totally get one signed for you, no problem. Rob, you got to get one of those signed. I do have one signed, but I'll get another one signed. I was actually oh. in Atlanta <laughs> in 1995 when uh, Kurt won his uh, world title, and I got his autograph back in 95. I Damn. will... Uh... From the treasure chest of the wrestling card king. There you go, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I used to, we'll, we'll talk again off, off, offline it's like that, but I, I have no problems like that. I, I've got to give them a, a buzz anyways for some stuff coming up in 2021. So, but uh, yeah, I'd be happy to get that done for you. But I'm, I'm curious now. I want to see if it, do you have any uh, collectibles that you had from your career that you like to <laughs> maybe? Um... <laughs> you know, you're going to try to see if he has some and buy them. You know I am. <laughs> you know I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hey, those are worth twenty dollars a piece. I need one. Yeah, there you go. So just you know, wipe my commission for the next gig we do together. It's so like that, and I'll just take some cards from you. <laughs> stop the recording about ten minutes back. Yeah, just stop. The <laughs> He'll never watch this. He's not on Facebook. Um. So this is great. So uh, this is a great conversation about 85 tops. We kind of went off in other areas like that, but it's a great stepping stone, I think, because uh, as, as the, the old, you know, 82, 83 cards are gone huge value. Uh, like you said, now we're going into the middle of, of the pool <laughs> uh, and we've got the 85s and then we go to the 87s. I mean, do you see an end like any, like there's any like sets like, Hey, forget those. And we, you know, we talk a lot about WWF stuff like that, but there's 91s of WCW. I mean, we can go to those at another time, but those have got to have some value too, I would imagine, correct? But you know what? Even, I mean, even like the 1998 superstars with The Rock, that stuff is on fire. Well, of now. course it is, yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, but you know, that old WCW stuff, which like, I think the Impel stuff, I think they're still printing that stuff today, I think, but um, <laughs> it's so plentiful. I've got boxes that are laying around, championship marketing on top of that too. Uh, but well, they were stuff? in the 92, the WCWs. Which ones? The 92s with the diamond stud. Correct. Yeah, the magazine cards? No. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, the one from, uh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Tops UK. Tops UK, yes. Yeah, but uh, that 91 championship marketing, like, honestly, that is one of the, um, that's a pretty cosmetically appealing set. Like, I really think those are nice cards. And, um, but there's just not a lot in there. That Impel set, like, what's really fascinating with this sort of resurgence of trading cards, like, you're seeing Ric Flair's go for $40, $50 in a 10, and I get it, that's not, like, like quote-unquote, huge money. Like, yeah, but for a card, you couldn't even sell for a nickel. I mean, that's great yeah. money. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, like, two years ago, like, honestly, like, I, I good, bad, or indifferent, like, I don't even know anybody that would have, submitted those so what i think is really cool is you know all this stuff should have some value i mean if you think about the print run of wrestling cards like that 91 impel is probably on the higher end i would assume and championship Maybe. marketing as well well but actually but you don't see a lot of that sealed you know like i i i years ago i opened a few boxes but you don't see a lot of it but regardless i mean it shouldn't be worth zero and, yeah. you know, and I think that, you know, we go back to the 85 tops. Um, I, you know, I said on the last show I talked with you, you know, I kind of, you know, flip flop my words, but um, I would argue that there's probably one tenth of the wrestling that there is the baseball. And that might be high. Okay? That's a high. Yeah, but I mean, it might be 120th, it might be 150th. It might be 100. <laughs> it might be 100, okay? But so when you think about wrestling across the board, there's just nowhere near the supply. Now, we know there's not the demand, okay? But what we do know is there's an increasing demand of nicer stuff. And so um, I just think at the core that it's really showing every single day on eBay that there's somebody willing to buy something from everything. And, you know, like if you told me that a Ric Flair 82 All-Stars and an eight would be a $1,700 card, um, you know, I probably would have questioned that. So <laughs> um, that said, you know, right now it's happening. So, you know, a $50 Impel and a 10, I mean, Honestly, that shit might be a hundred before yeah. you know it. It's hard. It, it ain't going back to 10. I'll tell you that right now. That buys you a couple boxes more right there. <laughs> There's hardly any boxes really of 80s, 90s. There's not much out there to purchase. Nope. And even nope. people are getting into the 2000s too. Just getting, un, you know, getting uh, sealed product, it's tough. It's true. It is. Uh, I, I got a buddy of mine back in California that has at least one of every box out there so far. Uh, I'm questioning. I wonder if I should hit him up, see if he looks at, wants to sell. <laughs> He's a non-sports seller, so he, he carried a lot of wrestling products. And years ago, he wanted me to buy him out of his wrestling stuff, but well, we could never come to terms on it. But uh, maybe I should hit him up again. See my if he's number. Got, 
Yeah, maybe he's got. Hey, don't let him know that this video's on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, he won't. But he won't watch either. Yeah, but no, I think the thing is, is that um, you know production levels are obviously low. But then you've got the issue of ripping, and so you know, for example, like I paid four fifty for that rack box, right? And at the time, that was a I felt a pretty good price. But a lot of people are investing in unopened, and if you actually look at some of the best investment results in the hobby, it's not just graded cards. I mean, unopened has been a tremendous area of investment. And so that's flowed over to wrestling, not exactly to the same degree, perhaps as baseball and basketball, et cetera. Well, what do you, but, what do, you do with unopened product? Do you, do you keep unopened product or do you buy unopened product? I'm a ripper. Okay. We're rippers know? because we want to get things graded. Sure. But yeah, I'm seeing how hard it is to get sealed products. So I was even thinking, man, I, I wouldn't mind just buying some, you know, 90 classic and throwing it in the closet and forgetting about it and perhaps ripping that in 20 years. Now I'm a ripper. And so um, this is kind of funny because I have, for the first time in my life, kept something sealed. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to buy some of Jerry the King Lawler's 82 All-Star sealed sets. Mm -hmm. And I, I still got three of those babies and the, and the uh, DPEC 100 vault behind me. Um, <laughs> but legitimately, I, I have ripped everything. I mean, I ripped three of the sets uh, that I got. I bought a total of six sealed. Um, but I mean, all the boxes, all the, you know, like Rob and I, um, we have a tendency to kind of follow each other around uh, on stuff. And so, you know, right now, if you look, an area of opportunity is the 91 Classic with the Undertaker cards. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a cosmetically appealing set, the blue borders. Um, and, you know, I, I was buying some sealed sets recently. He bought some sealed sets. He bought some sealed packs. They're all ripped. <laughs> and I tell you, um, I was so funny because it's not funny, but it's funny because I can tell you now. But about two weeks ago on a Friday night, I, uh, I was fooling around with, I had bought five 91 classic sets and, a, you know, a few other things. So I pulled this beautiful Undertaker card and I got two of them. And, you know, five, I had five of the base card that I wanted. But two of them were, you know, had the right centering and I felt really good. And all of a sudden, I wanted to, like, reposition the card in the card saver. It's the first card I've ever damaged. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. You know, thankfully, you know, it wasn't like a Hogan or something, like 82. I was ready to punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, it is one of those things that you know where you're just like seriously you know and so but that said um i think at the core that you know there's a lot of these situations where you know people like us we take chances and you know you, the the um sealed stuff is where the opportunity's at and you just got to go for it you know and and if, and you know listen you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some but if you're trying to advance your collection or you're, you know, and I think um, 
both of us really tried to advance the wrestling card market as a whole. Yeah. Um, not specific to one set. You know, you've got to constantly be trying to shoot for the best stuff because it gives um, people something to shoot for and, and it creates trophies. Yeah, it sets, it sets a value, it sets a market, a, a level you have to kind of uh, look up to. Exactly. Just like, just like sports, anything else in sports too. So, I mean, it's, you guys legitimize the, the, the grading market of, of wrestling. It's, um, that's a big deal, man. And um, again, it's, it's reinvigorated me to want to collect again. That's for sure. So. Come join the party. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, my, my wife supports it. So I'm, I'm happy there. So. <laughs> well, you know, what's so funny is um, I have never seen anything where you can invest a small amount of money and potentially increase your money. So take an Undertaker 91 classic, right? So you pay $80, $90 now for a sealed set, up from the $19 it was, you know, 10 years ago. But you get a nine on the Undertaker, you get a $300 card on your hands, right? Well, you can't sell that raw for $300. No. So, so you pay $89, you get, uh, some shots at various cards, right? You invest $10 and in theory it becomes a nine and boom, you got a $300 card in your hand. Becomes a 10, that's probably a four figure card right now. So there's no way that you could sell that card raw uh, for three or $400, let alone a thousand. So I've just never seen anything in my life that is such a game changer other than card grading. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And, you know, it's like, I see a lot of people and they say, oh, I don't need PSA to tell me what the grade is. Well, that's fine. Okay. Tell that to yourself, but go try to sell that card for whatever you think the grade is. You won't be able to. I'll, I'll piggyback on that because I had put away 1990 classic for a long time, just because it's so plentiful and there's so many of them out there. But a month ago, I see a Ultimate Warrior card at 127 and mm -hmm. a PSA 10 go for 227.50. I was like, <laughs> kidding me? I'm buying a box of 90 Classic. And that, that comes and I instantly rip it. In the first seven packs, I pulled six of those Ultimate Warriors. I have so many of those. I found them in storage. And then I was like, I mean, I don't know if it can maintain, but I was like, this could be potential 225, 225, <laughs> 100. And then that's fun. No, those are the 90s, too. I mean, I, I would imagine that uh, diehard collectors want those uh, shorter print 89 versions of those. Absolutely. I, 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 have, a, I have a shit ton of those. I've got six of them sitting right here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you get an 89 classic Warrior 10, um, I'm not, listen. I've never pretended to know what card should be worth, okay? Sure. The market bears that price. But I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, you put an 89 classic Warrior 10 on eBay, um, you're gonna get a really, really solid price. You know, so well, whether that person wins or loses, we know you won. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, uh, I got several of them right here. I pulled out, I probably have maybe 20 or 25 of them from the 89. And I pulled out, I think, uh, six of them that I thought, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I don't, I can't eyeball things the way you guys probably can't going. That's a good solid nine at least, I guarantee it. 
I'm gonna. I have to gamble more than you guys. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, how to... A nine would be a good, you know, good one for that card too. Just the fact that it's 1989. It's got the day in the back, 89. So I'll tell you, the easiest way um, to grade cards is you always start with centering, um, and and you know, obviously corners are important. Obviously, print is important. But if you, uh, what I always do when I am sort of sifting through something is look for centering first because if you've got something that's say 70 30 you're wasting your time grading it um if it's 60 40 it's a chance if it's 55 45 you're in the zone if it's 50 50 then you've got great potential so you know on on lower price point items the first thing you do is just look at centering that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. That's the easiest way to basically sort of shed the fat. Because, um, you know, like if you take like those Royal Rumble cards we talked about earlier, there's no centering on those. You know, there's nothing to look at. But like the classics in particular, those have very defined borders. And you get something that just doesn't have really good borders, just chuck it to the side. It's not worth the money. Excellent. Uh, that's great information, man. Uh, I just got to send my wife a real quick message like that, guys. <laughs> I got someone outside waiting. Yeah, DTEC uh, 100 says, for, for <laughs> the borders are important. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I mean, I knew centering was issues like that. And again, with stuff that actually bleeds with no borders, like you said, it's really hard to tell on that kind of stuff. I'm looking at like the Stone Cold, like the Stone Cold from 95, uh, you know, uh, cards, main event. There's different various because some, sometimes there's a cut with a, there's a light fixture on top. Sometimes they don't have a light fixture on top. So it's kind of hard to tell. Because they bleed. They basically don't have borders. So I would just be looking at edges and corners for the most part. And I don't think it really matters on that card. Just thinking off the top of my head. Okay. Because I, I have three of them I pulled aside like that, that I know that all three look really nice to me, but I kind of looked at it and I go, God, I could see more of the light fixture on this one than I can the other two. I, I don't know if I, how that's. And then sometimes if, if I could notice those differences, I might not throw that card in that submission just because. If well, I don't know which ones, the, I don't know which one's the more, uh, the one that's supposed to be, the one with the more light fixture showing and the one not so the light fixture showing. I don't, I don't think know. it would matter. Yeah. I don't think they're going to look at it that closely. Gotcha. Well, very informative as per usual, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited about, uh, about collecting again. I really am. And well, you've got some really great stuff. It wouldn't take, I mean, you could fill up 15 cards real fast. As oh, easy. I've got probably. deserved to be slabbed. I've got about 30 cards in here. I, easily, I wanted to probably submit. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a little uh, advice. So if you have uh, 30 cards that you think are really good cards you can always buy more than one collector's club membership so for example um when i submitted the cards from the jerry lawler find uh you know i i i basically bought two psa memberships to do that right so but if you've got like stuff like take an 89 uh ultimate warrior um, I don't know that I'd be spending 15, 20 bucks to grade those. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm big into is risk reward. 
So if you go back to like, let's say you get a PSA collector's club membership and uh, you spend the 250 and you get 15 card submission. Well, you can grade up to a $500 declared value. So that's good if you've got, let's say, an 82 Andre or an 82 Flair or Hogan, et cetera. But if you've got, um, you know, some of these items that are only worth a lot in a 10, what you probably want to do is get, you know, round up more cards and then get to like 50 or 100, uh, you know. So, but, but I think if I were you, I would get your feet wet with like the Farouks and Shane Helms. Sure. And, you know, some of those like really cool ones. Send 15 what of those. Do you have all-stars or what? Do you have well, all-stars to submit? Oh, I have some. Yeah, I do. Well, I've been showing my Andre, Flair, Hogan, the, the big boys. Yeah. Collector's Club. I got to dig some of that stuff out. It's just, now it's all here. Now it's a matter of going through it all and trying to sort through the boxes that I have. Well, you got to find that stuff because if a, if an Andre five, you know, has sold for six to $800 in the past few weeks. Um, and, and I think the thing is like, you know, Rob and I both will agree on this. You know, we've been pleasantly surprised at, you know, the, the shift in demand and how much people like the stuff, but uh, it, it wasn't, you know, it was, I guess in, in many ways, a matter of time. But if I'm you, you know, that 15, get by the collector's club membership, go dig out the good stuff on that, you know, because you, I think you have to, when you're grading cards, like think about the sort of return on your investment. You know, one of the reasons that I shied away from 85 tops back in the day was you've got all these action shots, right? You know, take like the Opeachy Series 2. And, you know, it's a cool set, right? Available in Canada. Um, but there's so many action shots where you're like, you know, I don't really care to see Hulk Hogan in snow sitting on the front of a Corvette, you know? <laughs> and that's not going to, it's not really going to drive collector interest. On the flip side, the Randy Savage and Elizabeth rookie, or, well, I, you know, we keep using the word rookie, but I think that one. Those cards. Well, I'll tell you, 450 cards in PSA, man. That means you got some nice inventory getting ready to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully it's spaced out over time. Then it'll be uh, like sorry about that, guys. Uh, had someone at the door. I thought my wife was here, but she's out walking with my son. Well, we, we were just saying the when show. the cat's away, the mice will play. Yeah. We became the show. <laughs> Uh, it's never happened. No, but back to what we were saying is that in your case, you know, because I really think that, you know, there's this sort of segment of people that don't like card grading. Right. But once you do it, it's really cool because, you know, it's really neat to see like some of these unique items you have, you know, in a slab, you know, where it's protected. Uh, it's, it's official. It shows a rating. Um, in your case, you have some incredibly rare stuff where you could, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, I have some of the 1979 Rax Rose Beef cards, right? 
you know, I've got the full graded set. Well, there's only 47 cards ever graded. There's me and Bob from New York that have basically graded our sets. Well, you're going to find yourself in that position with just different cards. And that's really cool. And I think you're going to not only like it, but it's, it's good for the hobby because getting some of these sort of more rare um, cards in slabs, you know, it just basically helps. And, and I think it, if I were you, I would do it. I'm going to be doing um, uh, what I want to do is I have comic images try to put out a, was going to put out a set for divas in 2000 uh, that never got made. And they made uh, eight cards promo sets and they made eight sets i have six of those eight sets <laughs> so i, the I like problem with something like that it might be so rare that you know psa knows nothing about it except of course you know someone that's a researcher yeah. there now so maybe we you we could well it's, uh, on, it's on the website too it's been down there it has images of the cards and everything on there too so so you have six out of the eight sets yeah yeah well, <laughs> They, they well, sent them to me. You're really, you're fortunate because the thing is, and Rob can attest to this better than anyone, your website is what's considered a legit checklist. So anytime anybody's having a hard time getting something graded, as long as they attach your website, you're good. So in your case, well, you've got a checklist of those rare sets. So that's, you, you know. For me, for that most of that part, it's, it's not, it's also about, I physically have to have it in my hand most of the times for me to actually authenticate unless, unless uh, you know, a David Peck tells me or a, a Rob England tells me that this exists. I'm going to hold that to truth like that because I know that you guys are serious collectors and that it's legit. But for me, for when I started the website, it was all about if I didn't have it in my hand, it wasn't really real until I can confirm it in my hands like that. So most of the stuff, it's stuff that I have in my hands. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not somebody that honestly has found a lot of stuff that nobody has. I mean, so I am, uh, you would more classify as that collector because, you know, I was somebody that tried to sort of make a play on known items, right? And so, whereas you've got some of these things that are, you know, so obscure that uh, uh, very few people have. Yeah, I don't know what to, sure to do with them, but uh, yeah. It does get a little bit taxing to try to convince you know, um, you know, the grading companies to grade a particular card, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I just don't want to deal with it. You know, one of the major cards that I have now is a blank back Hulk Hogan wrestling all-star. And Interesting. of course that thing needs to get slabbed and I haven't even tried yet, but one day I'll try to make that happen. But, so what kind of headaches, what kind of shit will they give you for doing stuff like that? Like, um, What's well, the process like? For example, I have a collector's club at PSA right now of 15 cards, and I want to get those cards back, you know? Sometimes get a little impatient, but as part of that submission, I submitted some of the 1983 Jerry Lawler cards that basically only a couple hundred were produced in the Memphis area. A hundred. A hundred. A hundred? That's what he said. Yeah, so I'm trying to get those graded. And of course, you don't have that information. Maybe I should work with you and get yeah. those on your site, but I Absolutely. have it. And so a little obscure. And so 
you know, if P, uh, PSAs, I'm sure they're going to be on the cautious side and, you know, just say, you know, not enough info, no specs and send them back to me. In the meantime, I could, you know, email them and let them know the complete checklist, you know, reference our, you know, vintage wrestling card site. Sure. Husker Haves, he's put them up there as well from my scans. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I forgot about Husker Have. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get him on when he's here. Site because you can see all the images at once. Yep. It's a nice feature. But, you know, right now they're unsure about, you know, grading those. And so I might just take them back and fight my fight another day. <laughs> well, this has been an eye opening experience here. It's like that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, dipping my toes into the grading market now. Because I, I, I am one of those guys that for a long time didn't believe in it, didn't want to do it, just wanted to collect to collect. I just have my collection and be happy. Uh, and as you know, as you get over, over time, as you're collecting, you get extra stuff because you're buying collections or you're buying sets or you're buying boxes kind of thing. So I have a lot of extras. I don't want to dip into my actual personal collection itself per se, but I want to get my extras and maybe start doing the grading world oh yeah when you get a couple dollar card and throw nine ten dollars on it and you sell it for a hundred you start digging back for those other couple dollar cards well, I, well since i had my conversation with david in our first talks like that i oh, started man. god i can't wait to get my stuff back from california i'm gonna go start digging through that stuff because shit i'm talking to david like i gotta get some of this stuff graded i think i gotta go through and see what i got <laughs> yeah well rob rob is the king uh, he goes by Wrestling Card King, but he's the king <laughs> because nobody has done a better job of finding cards uh, and turning something that's of low value into real value. I mean, you know, like it's fascinating. Like if you, you know, we, you guys talk about, um, say, the Rocky Maya V uh, uh, 1997 Cardinal, right? And, you know, for the longest time that was thought of as like sort of nothing and you know now you've got people i mean i'll tell you this right now you nail a psa 10 on one of those it's a pop three the last i checked that's probably a two thousand dollar card that's amazing now, to me it's a goddamn game card <laughs> well i mean listen what i learned a long time ago is the market is bigger than all of us correct and so what we think should be this or that is cool, but it's stupid because at the end of the day, it's all about what other people think. And so for what, you know, Gary V, he kind of gave that card the rub and said it was the Rocks rookie card. And I'm telling you, I mean, it was like lighting a fire under it. I, you know, I feel really stupid because I was the first person to get those graded by PSA and I sold two nines for $50, you know, those are, you know, five, $600 cards right now, you know, shit happens, but and, and, and I'm, I'm happy, you know, um, Rob and I uh, are, you know, closer than I am with other people, but there's a guy named Jeff Talladay that, uh, you know, he's been a, a major wrestling card supporter and yeah he's uh he, he's been chatting online on the facebook as well that's right i what's up jeff <laughs> he's our boy um if i had to you know sacrifice one of the rocks um i'm glad it landed in his collection you know what i'm saying but the point was this is you know i was buying 
those sealed game card sets for like $16 a piece. Okay, fine. I spent my $9. I thought, you know what? At least I got my money back. I paid for two of them. Um, well, now one of those game card sets is $400, $500, you know, sealed, you know, and whether that holds, you know, listen, I mean, you know, the markets change, they go up, they go down. It's sort of debatable. But the reality of it is, is that as market participants, you just kind of have to ride the wave. You know, you, you, you can be early, right? But you also have to just sort of decide that, you know, I may think this thing's stupid, but if there's enough people out there that think it's good, you know, it is what it is. And so, you know, I think at the core, you know, we got the, um, once the wrestling all-stars started selling for higher prices, you know, it sort of legitimized wrestling cards. And then it branched out to where you can, at this stage right now, probably grade anything from wrestling that has sort of value and get something. Like there's a guy named Roger from Missouri. You know, he sells all kinds of, you know, what I'd consider low priced cards. I mean, he gets like $50, $80, $150, you know, for cards that, that you, I guarantee you, you've got loads of. So, you know, in your particular case, if you could just um, find the nicest ones, get them graded and, you know, maybe the market falls, maybe it stays. Yeah, but I don't care. I'll, I'll sit on them for a while if I have to, just like that. Just but to know that know, I have great. But you'll win. You will win. You are somebody that will win. And what where Roger, I mean, this guy, he kind of clutters up eBay because he has like 200 listings a week that mature and they relist. So you have to kind of, you know, go through them. But mm -hmm. The bottom line is, I mean, he's, he, he sets his prices high and he doesn't really negotiate. Like we talked, you know, before we got on air, I bought a uh, Rob Van Dam 96 BBM for $150 from the guy, right? Well, you know, honestly, I was hoping to pull one of those from the four boxes and, you know, I'd probably have $20 in it and graded 10 and, you know, I'm done, right? But instead, I had to buy it from him. So in your case, since you've got such an immense collection, you're, you're going to have a field day with this stuff. I'm looking forward to going through and just going through all the files and getting them all out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun for you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to spend me more money, though, getting stuff graded, though. It's going to be a pain in the ass for that, but whatever. No, but... The investment's worth it, Rob. Yeah. You tell them. No, you could... You know, it's amazing because... If you think, in essence, $10 a card to get graded, so you really only have to hit, you know, you could hit on one out of every 10, and that's just $100. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could turn that Ultimate Warrior to two, you know, 30, or you hit that Undertaker, you know, it's a Yahtzee, and you get a grand off something that, to add $10 to whatever wrestling card that, you purchased years ago, you're going to have some winners in there. I mean, I have 450 cards at PSA right now, a lot of signed stuff. And, and what I'm kind of like looking at my submission, I'm just like, this will pay for my submission. Like th this submission's $400.
I, I sub this card knowing this is, this is my sacrifice. This is going to pay for my sub and the rest are going to, you know, come with me. And kind of like talking to you guys is like motivational speaking, man. I'm so fucking excited about it. <laughs> it <laughs> I happens, really am. Though. It, it'll pay for itself. Like with all that I've amassed, like it's paid for itself. And it really wasn't that way until, you know, I, I was at this eight years before grading and it was a little rougher to, to sell and kind of make your money back. But the exponential factor that grading puts into your collection, it's, it changes things. And rather than get out of that mentality of, well, why do I want to pay someone to, you know, nine or $10 to tell me, you know, what the condition is, you'll gladly fork that over of course. when that makes you money. I get it. But you're not really telling somebody, like, you're not paying somebody to tell you what the condition is. You're creating a commodity. Correct. You know? That's how I'm and looking at it. it. So it's not a, like, I think that the shortcoming of most people is, well, I don't need them to tell me it's meant. Okay, fine. The difference is, is if you're trying to sell it in the marketplace, you know, uh, some people say, well, that's an eight. That's a nine. That's a 10. Well, guess what? In this moment in time, PSA said it's eight, nine, 10, whatever the, the grade is. And so, you know, you've got a lot of people, you know, I've never fallen into this category, but there's some people out there that will only buy tens. Okay. They, they have no desire to, to try to figure out like, you know, and I think um, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, you know, he takes a lot of heat. I'm a, I'm a fan of Gary V from the I'm standpoint. a big fan of his as well. Well, I think he's done a lot for the card collecting hobby, mm -hmm. but he, in his videos has said, listen, I don't grade cards. He goes, that's a talent. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, figure that out. I just, I know that I'm not there yet. And I'd rather just buy and know that I'm buying a five or a six or an eight or a 10. Mm -hmm. So it's not, a, you know, listen, it's not for everybody. But the difference is, is that at the core, um, whether you're the grader or Rob's the grader or I'm the grader in terms of creating the product, um, that's where this market's going. And, 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 you know, card grading has been the lifeblood of wrestling cards. I mean, this stuff had, you know, there was no demand before grading. Okay. I, I bought, um, I've got 35, 36, uh, Opeachy series two sets, right. Vending sets, 20 bucks a pop. Well, those aren't worth anything unless the macho man's in high demand. You know, they're not. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, a raw set is like $107, $150, you know. So anybody and everybody's benefited. So, you know, you, you know, anybody can sit out there and say, well, you know, you know, these guys think they're special or they think their cards are special. Well, hey, I, I'm not going to look at it that way because of you guys bad. now, because of you guys now, I'm going to be, you know, grabbing my cards and I'm benefiting now, or I have the potential to benefit because of the, the, the groundwork that you guys have laid. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not debatable. And, and, you know, for me, um, I've been, you know, I like the hunt. I like the chase, you know, it's kind of like if you were going out 
hunting for uh, a deer and you want a certain one and you get it, fine. But Rob and I, whether anybody likes it or not, have elevated the game for wrestling cards and everybody wins. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm looking to, you know, win on that. <laughs> well, you will because you have a product from way yeah. back. Yeah, I've just been sitting on it for a long, long time. So, and uh, I do, I, I enjoy the hunt too. I, I miss the days of going places to kind of just look around. And well, today with, you know, the internet, you know, more guys have, have understand what their value of their stuff is. So you kind of still go out for the hunt looking for someone who doesn't really realize what they have kind of thing. But, but think about the Rocky Maivia card. There's probably some, you know, shops around the country that have no idea. Of course. It's this little trivia game that they probably have with a price tag of $20 if someone walks into that shop and, you know, pulls out their cash for it. Yep. There's opportunities to win big with that because they're, you know, they're probably not on eBay or, you know, there's a fair amount of them still not on eBay and have no idea with grade or anything like that. So there's potential there still. Ah, I'm uh got a card show coming up here this weekend that I'm looking forward to going to check out. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to it. Well, this was a very big eye opener for me more so. I mean, uh, my, my conversation with David kind of opened it before. It's like that. So I've been thinking about it, mulling it over. Now that my inventory is sitting here in, in Arizona with me now, I'm like really excited now, especially after this conversation. I know we're supposed to talk about 85 tops. We talked about a lot of it and it kind of expanded to a lot of things. Um, and I, I agree. I think the 87 tops is going to be the, uh, you know, the kiddie pool, you know, right now. It's like that. I really think it's going to be the next thing too as well. And I'm looking forward to grabbing more of that as well. Um, I'd love to sit down with you guys again any other time to talk about other card sets if you guys are interested. So. Yeah, oh, of course. I, I mean, definitely wanted to be with, with Dave. I mean, we, we talk constantly and yeah. I, I do think we're the, the foundation of graded wrestling cards. So the chance to, to be on here with you and Dave and. You know, yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, so, but I, I, I really appreciate your guys' time. I know we've been rambling for a long, long time and <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's good. I mean, listen, the bottom line is, is that I think it's pretty clear that all of us who've been at this for a long time, it, it's kind of like a brotherhood and you know, like I, I have a lot of respect for the people that have um, laid the groundwork. I mean, you know, we talked last time that you know, your site's been instrumental. And on top of that, you know, like when PSA recognizes a site where like the checklist counts, um, that says a lot, you know, and, and I think the other thing is we all can learn from each other, you know, so, you know, like if Rob, like I give an example of, I hope I'm not blowing up Rob's spot, but, you know, he more than anybody has gone after sort of unique items. There's a Rocky Maivia action figure that has a cutout card. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and Rob, you know, maybe he's got it behind him. Uh, there you go. Um, I mean, so look at that. I, ha I got that. Yeah. But think about that for a second. So it takes, people to try and i think we're both him and i you know have um helped is we just tried you know and and rob i mean i'll tell you i'm gonna give him one more uh <laughs> sort of home run you know rob's the guy that uncovered the 1981 hogan poppy 
And, you know, and I think that, you know, we've talked, you know, people talk about wrestling rookie cards and so on. I mean, the 81 Hogan Poppy, I mean, that is one of the rarest trading cards from the 80s that you can find. I mean, you probably got 10 of them sitting around, always going <laughs> to find one. But no, but I mean, but think about that. So if there wasn't this sort of paper chase, if there wasn't this grading chase, nobody would care. Instead, you know, the fact that there's been the ability to sort of take this to the next level has, has caused, it's been the, this sort of treasure chase, treasure hunt. Yep. And, you know, Rob in particular, I mean, and I, I honestly can say this, you know, I get accolades for the 82, 83 All-Stars and, you know, obviously I've spent a lot of time there. But like Rob, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he's introduced so many cards where he went to PSA, tried to get them graded, you know, and you take the Hogan Poppy. I mean, how great is that for the rest Oh, of Jesus Christ, hockey? look at that. He's dropping some heavy stuff. I can't see him. What's he got? The poppies. Oh, yeah. He's well, got, like he's got about four or, five, four or five of them there. Four or five, yeah. <laughs> so there's like 13 known copies in the hobby, and Rob's got like four or five of them. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Rob, where are you at? I can't see you. Oh, okay. Hold on. You need to talk, and the Zoom will take it to you. Okay. Oh, there my phone burned out. I have to replace my, my fixture here. I didn't know we were going to be talking so late. <laughs> well, let's see the poppies. You you were, you know. Okay. So if you, if you look at the pop report, there's only been three Hogan PSA 8s. There's no 9s. There's no 10s. It's only on the top card. So it's going to sustain more damage than if it was in the brick. So here's a PSA 8. Wow. One of three. That's a big card. He's probably looking at $12,000 or something on that. Another PSA 8. Another 12000 That's <laughs> legit. Here's a raw dog that I want to get signed. And then I'm going to crack this out because I'm not, I'm a PSA guy. This is KSA from out of Canada. And I'd like to get this signed too. Yeah. So there's like 13 or 14 copies in the hobby and Rob sitting on four of them. <laughs> oh, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like it's nothing. Well, I could tell you, uh, you know, the site from the uh, vintage wrestling archives, uh, is an inspiration for WTC in itself because a lot of that older stuff didn't know about for me personally because I had my stuff that I didn't know about that I couldn't find information about. I found it there. Then I found more things that I didn't know that I wanted to get and went out and pursued it because of that site and made it part of my collection. Yeah, so, it's just great for everyone working together, whether it be your site and Steve putting up the stuff on you know vintage um, wrestling archives and you know, Husker Haves is totally underrated with yes. everything that Anthony Havlovic has put up and allowed a marketplace for some people to buy some of these base cards that, you know, really weren't available to, to people. So um, yeah, he specializes a lot of international stuff. He's got a lot. He's really good at finding oh, international good. stuff. And there's some amazing images from some of these international things that cards that I think would look awesome signed. You know, just things that I've never seen before. 
I got to reach. I spoke to him once on the phone. He was going to buy me out of my singles one time. Thank God I didn't sell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, he, well, yeah. The thing about that guy, though, that's been fantastic is, um, so Rob and I uh, are in contact, you know, very frequently. Well, we've got a buddy, Greg Weiss. So people are on um, eBay, Weiss Squire. Uh, you know, he, he sells some of the best wrestling cards. Well, that said, you know, Greg, probably more so than anybody, has gotten a ton of them signed. I mean, Rob has some of the uh, best signed cards, but, but Greg, I would argue, probably has the most signed wrestling all-stars of anybody in the hobby. There's well, no debate. I mean, I don't really think it's debatable. So that said, you know, you think about Husker Habs, I mean, he has basically um, provided a lot of singles to collectors. And, you know, um, Rob and I had a great time in North Carolina. It was so much fun because we got an opportunity to hang out and, and work with uh, Greg. And what you'll find is, you know, five, 10 years ago, nobody was showing up at these conventions with cars to get signed. Now, people are showing up with cars to get signed. And so Husker Habs was instrumental in helping that trend just in terms of the, the inventory, but also like the more people just sort of do things with wrestling cards, the better it is for all of us. And so, you know, yeah. it, I'll never forget um, at WrestleCon, uh, WrestleMania 33, you know, that's when I first met Tilly Blanchard and I was sort of telling him about the, the wrestling cards and stuff. And we had a couple of people show up to the table with a 1983 wrestling all-stars, Tully Blanchard. And he goes, Dave, what do you think this will grade? You know, and you know, we're sort of making, you know, uh, uh, yeah, having fun with it, but it's happening all over. And so that has really helped all of us. And, you know, right now, obviously wrestling card conventions or, or I shouldn't say wrestling card, but wrestling conventions are down you know, because of obvious with the COVID, but yeah. this, this, this stuff's going to keep going. And so a shout out to Husker Habs because he has uh, really helped the hobby as far as providing singles for people. He has. Yeah. I've um, never bought from him before, but uh, I did have, like I said, have a conversation with him one time. And I think he's the time, I don't know if he's still there or not, but he was stationed in, in, in Alaska. Oh. I think that's where he's out of. I think that's where he uh, sells all his stuff out of Alaska. I, I got a box from him just the other day, and I, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest. But I thought well, when, when I spoke to him, I thought he was out of Anchorage or something like that, maybe because I think he was on a on a base, military base. Um, so I'm not sure where he's at, but I have his number somewhere. And I should give him a call and want him to get on the want to be on one of these episodes. <laughs> no, I think he has a lot of information because yeah, it's incredible is what he's been able to provide collectors and I, I do think that the value of being able to click on one set and see all the images without clicking on each card to see the image sure is a really nice feature that he had on his site that um you know on you know future wtc hmm. i don't know if Maybe. that's a possibility but sure it is but I, I i personally like that a lot Requires more work, but, uh, you know, it's all about the uh, love of the hobby, so. Yeah. It's a big not, uh, I'm not really a tech guy, so I don't know what that entails, but. Uh, it, it, it entails a little bit, so I, I have to relearn WordPress, because uh, we're moving the site over, and I've 
I talked to, 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 to GoDaddy. I have my costs. I, I did speak to Kevin Nash the other night, by the way. I spoke to him before because he left on Monday to go film a new, he's doing some new movies, stuff like that. So the, the holdup there about getting stuff even printed was making sure that he was agreed to sign stuff for me. And I asked him, how much would, how much would you charge me? You know, I know we go back, but how much would you charge? I'll pay you. How much for like 50 cards signed? And I'll have numbered, you know, different numbers like that. He just said, you know, we'll work it out. Don't you worry. So just send me the stuff. So I got the go ahead from him. So I, now I can talk to a printer and get that stuff printed and then we'll go and then I can get the cost and give the people their autographs for helping donate to WTC and getting it moved over. So I'll start the tier program and we'll, we'll do the different levels and stuff, but uh, it'll be happening here soon. So life interferes, but <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, let's get together again and talk about another set. Uh, we'll talk off, you know, we'll IM each other, whatever you want to call it, direct message other. If you guys want to talk about specific other sets you want to talk about, it'd be great. Uh, we did cover more than 85. We took care of it. I figured we'd probably talk about the OPG sets. I knew it was going to come into play. Totally forgot about the scanning ones. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, other card sets would be great. You guys hey man, thanks for having me on. It was a, a great pleasure. And I think at the core, you know, the more information we can put out for collectors, um, the better. And, you know, it was funny when Rob and I were talking, he was like, well, we're going to talk about 85 tops. I said, no, nah, we're going to pivot to Scanlins. We're going to pivot, <laughs> you know, to OPG. You know, let's just make sure we get an opportunity to talk about everything. So a pleasure to be on and, uh, it's an honor to be on with Rob and, you know, thank you. It's an honor for me to be on with, you know, the, you two guys, man. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, making the time for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having the wrestling card king <laughs> on there and great to talk with you, Tony, really yeah. for the first time. First and, time. Yeah. And shoot, I, I don't have to talk to Dave for as much in the next coming, you know, in the coming <laughs> days because <laughs> a lot here, but I, I yeah, know you'll be, we'll be talking. Be, I'm sure you guys will be. As soon as I we talked to Rob on auctions on eBay, we'll uh, send some facts and screenshots. Can you believe this sold for such and such? But <laughs> we need to stop. Yeah, I tell you something, you know, the thing is, is that the nice thing about the hobby, like not even just wrestling cards, but just the hobby of collecting is you get to meet people, yep. you know, and like I live here in Orlando, Florida, Rob's and like way up there in Northern California in Eureka, right? Like the odds of us ever meeting are zero other yep. than from the hobby. And, exactly. You know, we've developed a very, very close personal relationship over the last eight, nine years. And, you know, I consider Rob one of my closest friends. So at the core, you know, I think what a lot of people forget is, you know, collecting's not, you know, look, I mean, we're in this to try to, you know, develop, you know, stuff for ourselves or well, either you're either, you're in it for monetarily or you're in it for nostalgia or you're in it just for the, for the love of it, but you develop friendships out of it, which is awesome. Yeah. Really, it was really, really amazing. In 2012 work, you know, sent me to Orlando, Florida. And so I'm there in the hotel and I, this is early on. And so, you know, Dave comes by my hotel and picks me up and takes me to his house and <laughs> gets me some dinner and I get to see, you know, the Deepak vault and oh, wow. that made you, made you some cocktails. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Incredible experience, you know, 3000 miles away from home. And, you know, it's for things like that, where 
you know, I see an uncut sheet of wrestling all-stars and yeah, it would be great, you know, for the wrestling card king to have an uncut sheet, but just like knowing in my heart of hearts, like where that should be, you know, yeah. and it's, a, it's in a, it's in a good place. DPEC 100, you know, granted I didn't have to pay a couple thousand dollars <laughs> for it, but that looks like a bargain now, yep. but, but just knowing that, you know, it's rightful place really was with the DPEC 100 collection. And, you know, he's done the same thing for me because I'm really big into the signed wrestling all-stars and, you know, and Dave's got some along the way and, you know, we don't do a whole lot of trading or anything like that, but like I knocked on his door and he offered those to me. So it's really mutual and, you know, it's really great as far as the relationships and, you know, if you have those relationships, you really can build a stronger collection because it yeah. just, you know, your your reach is so much broader by having those close relationships with It's kind of how, you know, WTC was born too because it's been my, my relationship with uh, David Porto. Uh, and that's how we met because of my old website, ComCollect, which was about, you know, wrestling and Playboy and Buffy and Star Wars stuff. That was it. That's what I collected. Uh, and he found me through there and we became friends and we were both living in California who knew, uh, uh, and we've been friends ever since, you know, since, I don't know, 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere there. So it's just, uh, the hobby brings people together sometimes and you kind of build some cool relationships. And I, uh, I, I like that a lot. Well, yeah, the other thing, you have other examples too, you know, as far as friends in Texas and Iowa and all these other, I'm not really alone. You know, I yeah, went to yeah. the national years ago in Baltimore and, you know, running into people and it, it's incredible. Most of us though, don't have like locally, like people that say collect, right? So it's also nice because it's like, okay, there's nobody I know in Orlando, I can sit here and talk about wrestling cards. So guess what? Rob might be out in Northern California, but I could dial him at the 707 area code. <laughs> or right there. Anyway, awesome. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk again soon, all right? All right. Thanks a lot, Let's guys. Take care. We're out.